What's up, McConaughey's? Welcome to the Mastering McConaughey podcast, where we explore the filmography and philosophy of Matthew McConaughey. I'm your guest host, Mark Usher. And I'm your guest host, Johnny Phillips. Johnny, welcome. Mark, thank you. Welcome to you as well. We're here today to talk about a just easygoing, light movie. Oh. And uh, I got a lot of jokes pre-planned. I mean, this was a comedy, right? Definitely. Yeah. It was a dark comedy. Okay, um, good. Good. Yeah, horror, horror comedy, right? We've done one of those before, the the Texas Chainsaw. It, that, that's, what it, that's what it brought back for me, Texas Chainsaw. Same vibes, mm-hmm. actually, in mm-hmm. more than one way. Yeah, but before we get into Amistad, this episode is coming out two days after McConaughey's 54th birthday. So we need to send out a belated happy birthday to the man himself, McConaughey. November 4th, it should be a national holiday. I think it should be. I mean, I revere him as a national treasure. Why would we not have a national holiday around his birthday? All right. It should at least be a Texas holiday. Oh, at least. Uh, I mean, George Washington, we have a holiday about him, right? And who the hell was he? Right? Yeah. What did he contribute? Uh, yeah, he was a slave owner and he had wooden teeth. So not, but, you know, not right. much in my book. Uh, no. But he did make a cameo in the uh, movie. Sure did. He did. Yeah. A bust of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Happy birthday to Matthew McConaughey. 54, you said. Yes. 54. Yeah. 54. You know, he's 54 the same way like um, Beyonce is, right? Like, <laughs> don't see a day of that shit. I'm telling you, man, you can, you can see his neck. His neck has got some loose skin. Um, but otherwise, I mean, yeah, he just looks great. <laughs> he does. He looks great. He does. You yeah. Know, for all you guys listening, drink your water and work out. All right. Mm-hmm. Sunscreen. <laughs> Sunscreen. <laughs> Sunscreen. Yes. That's right. Also, before we get into the movie, Johnny, we, um, we need to do a little like apology corner time. Oh shit. what do we do? Or did I say something wrong? Come on. I'm tentatively calling this segment the Little Mr. Texas Runner-Up. <laughs> what? Um, because for years, McConaughey's mother, every time he'd come down for breakfast, she'd say, my little Mr. Texas. Because when he was, I think, seven years old, he was in a like a beauty pageant. And he he had a trophy. And they had a picture of him. It's a little Mr. Uh-uh. Texas. No. Yeah. So only years later when he was an adult did he learn, did, did he look closer at the picture? <laughs> no. And found out that he was runner up. So. <laughs> I mean, that's a secret uh, you could keep for a long time from a kid, I bet. Like they wouldn't know. Yeah. They don't, they don't understand. Right. So in the same way that we thought that Chris Christopherson had died, turns out. <laughs> He's alive, just like we thought we were Little Mr. Texas, but we were actually just the runner-up. So by the time this episode comes out, he might be dead, and we might have, you know, two feet. What do you – yeah, we might we have a foot in our mouth. But Yeah, we'll have to uh, go back and do another apology for the apology. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We could write yeah, a so eulogy. Yeah, Chris Christopherson yeah. is alive. He, well, he is. And immortalized in my listing photos. Listeners, you probably don't know, but I'm selling my home. At the moment, and we cleared out every possession of the home. 
We had it staged, except for my hand drawing of Chris Christofferson, which uh, was in a storage room and now is uh, memorialized in photo on the internet forever. Nice. Like, You're keeping that thing, aren't you? Hell yeah, I'm keeping that thing. Yeah. Yeah. When you mentioned it during the Lone Star episode, I was like, yeah, I remember seeing that in your basement, in your childhood <laughs> home. And like, it's really great. It's great, man. Well, thank you to Wesley Snipes for bringing Chris Christopherson to, <laughs> to my home, to my heart. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the uh, tax evasion specialist, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. How's he doing? In jail? Do we know? I don't think so. I don't no? think so. Well, good for him. Good for him. White collar crime. Income tax is illegal. It's and theft. Basically theft. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So he just didn't pay it. It's fine. Ask any Texan. Yeah. <laughs> or Tennessean or Floridian. Right. I think there's another another state in mm. the union with no no income tax. Uh, Nevada. Oh, oh okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's yeah. nice. You were just there? I was. So uh, I talked to my Uber driver about it. Nice. Yep. Learn a lot from Uber drivers, man. Like they know what they're doing. They know their way around the city. Uh, yeah. So Formula One was coming through like uh, next month in Las Vegas. So they're shutting down the whole strip because that's where the track is going to be. No way. Yeah. I think they're putting down like seven layers of asphalt in preparation for it. And um, they're building bleachers along the sidewalk. Like it's nuts. Absolutely fucking nuts. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. Okay, not only are they putting it down, but they're going to rip it back up. But don't worry, they're doing it again the next year because it's like an annual thing now. They're always going to do it in Vegas? or Uh, For for whatever contract they have on it. Yep. Damn. Mm -hmm. I had an Uber driver in Asheville one time. And we're getting out of the car. He goes, reach five, reach five, reach five. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's an inside joke I have with my wife. He was <laughs> Rich Five, Rich Five. Uh, was that was that his name, or was he just telling you Rich Five? He was he was saying it was like I'm going to rate you five. Oh, you rate, rate you me five. five? Rate you, okay, rate, he's like rate you five, rate you five, rate you five. Similar experience happened to me today. Called into Verizon Business uh, because our cell phone bill jumped, and Lizzie and I were like, "What the hell? We can't." No, fuck no. We're not doing that. So I called, um, and this guy, super nice, ridiculously nice, um, could have had a crush on me. He was very kind. Um, on the way out, he repeated his name three times, spelled it out, mm-hmm. and said, don't don't forget my name. Don't forget. Mm. And I'm like, I, I, I won't forget. Don't don't forget. Oh, okay, have a good day. And I turned, yeah. to, turned to Lizzie, and I was like, He's waiting for the survey to come through. That's what this is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy. Hey, it's Very the lifeblood of the of the new the new economy. So yeah. Well, rate you five, Mark. Rate you five. Yeah, we'll we'll rate this movie on a scale of one to ten later on. Absolutely. But let's jump into it. Amistad, Steven Spielberg film, released December 10th, 1997. Yep, much like ET. Yep, ET. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know when ET was released, but also directed by Steven Spielberg, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go, right? 
It's basically the same movie, right? <laughs> if you've seen one, you've seen them yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. um, didn't make a lot of money domestically. Mm-mm. They spent $39 million to make it, and it only grossed $44 million in the U.S. box office. Uh, filmed over the course of 51 days, I think. It was very short. Super short. Yeah. Uh, what they say in Rhode Island and mm-hmm. where else? It was Rhode Island and I think most of the filming was was That's right. yeah, Rhode That's Island and yeah yeah the Northeast there. The I mean I think the undeniable star he he gets first billing is um, Jimon Hansu. Jimon Hansu. Glad you said that, and not me. Yep. Yep. I, I I looked up how to pronounce it. Good man. Jimon French. Jimon Hansu. He was a late addition to the cast. Did you read that? I did. I did. In fact, uh, it was one of the last things I read that Spielberg, what it come down to, like nine weeks prior to shooting is when they found him. Finally found him. And Spielberg was ready to delay the film for up to two years until he found the right Mm guy. Right. And I think he did find the right guy. Oh, my God. I love this actor. Like as yeah. soon as I saw him, like I had flashbacks of other movies that he's in, and I'm like, the man is just a commanding fellow. Yes, he. I think this was his breakout role, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, and yeah, no, he's freaking fantastic. You know, he's got Gladiator behind him. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding? I went and checked it out. I was like, I've seen him a lot. Blood Diamond, right? I remember that one. Yeah. And apparently, he uh, is in Guardians of the Galaxy and that whole whole oh. series. Yeah. As a... Okay. Karath, I think is... Uh, I don't know who that is. Star-Lord, you will never make it to Rome. Okay. Yeah. yeah I've seen the first one. I, I kind of dropped off oh, Marvel Universe dude. about that time. So. <laughs> Whatever, man. Get back into the Marvel <laughs> U. All right. All right. There's, there's a lot to it. <laughs> It's too much. Too much for me. But you're right. He dominated the film. Um, he really did. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, so did uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins, I would say, by the way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I loved him. I loved him. Yeah. He did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Playing John Quincy Adams. He did. Yep. Yep. Sorry. I get. I, I digress. All right. We can talk about... Sir Anthony Hopkins later. Keep, keep no, that's going. what we're talking about right now, man. Yeah, folks that were in the movie here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he Anthony Hopkins was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Chiwi Atel Ejiofor, um, the translator. Oh yeah, this was this was his first film appearance. Really, believe it or not. Yeah. No, he did yeah, great. He's been in a yeah. lot of things. He has. Yeah, he sure has. Didn't um, Anthony Hopkins win? An award for this? Not an Academy Award. No. There were lots of awards that were won. I read through the list. I should have yeah. printed it off. Um, but Yeah. there were, you know, We've mentioned NAACP Image Awards mm-hmm. yep. in some of these before. There were, I think, two, three nominations and two wins. Yep. I think Jimon uh, won one of those. He did. Yep. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, you notice Kruger from Seinfeld? Mm-mm. He was the jailer. Really? Well, George, I'll be honest. I could go either way on you. 
But what the hell? We need someone, huh? You, uh, you won't regret this, sir. I don't care. <laughs> he's like the warden. Yeah, he was mostly in the background, but yeah, no. the guy who no. the guy who was um, George was in in the background of the guy's family photo. And so George goes through this whole <laughs> thing to try to remove himself from the family photo. <laughs> no, you okay, I'm gonna that? go back no. and watch that after this. I'm like, I, I want to see this now. Lizzie's never he gonna know him, when uh, this ends. So, Co- like Coco the Chimp or something. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> from now on, I will be known as Coco the Monkey. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about Matthew McConaughey's character, if you don't mind, just just for a hot second. Mark. Yeah. All right, just I couldn't get this one image out of my head the whole time, and every time he would like look a certain way, I was like, "Oh my god!" But do you remember the movie The Santa Claus with Tim Allen? I do. Okay, okay. Now I just picture this for me. Matthew McConaughey's character is must be the same person. As Bernard, the lead, like the head elf, he was like the chief elf man. I'm telling you, okay. this, you put those pictures side by side, and you'd be like, "Holy shit!" Same fucking person. It's been so long since I've seen that movie, but as soon as, as soon as you said it, I, I was like, "The chief elf, the head the, elf." That's it. That's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. and it's the beard, right? Is yes, the beard. It's the that scraggly ass beard. Yep. The mm-hmm. weird chin strappy mm-hmm. beard. Yeah. It didn't. No. It didn't. No. Don't do it again, Matthew. Don't do it. <laughs> it's like me and this mustache, right? Like I have a conversation with someone with this freaking mustache. And then I see myself mm-hmm. in the mirror and I'm like, I can't believe I spoke to someone. I'm like I should right. just be hiding somewhere. How are they going to take me seriously? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this film was rated pretty well. Mm-hmm. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Uh, I think my, or the most poignant line, I guess, from his his review w- was this. He said, what is most valuable about Amistad is the way it provides faces and names for its African characters, whom the movies so often make into faceless victims. So again, very, can't, very poignant. You can't know. say he's wrong there. I mean, yeah, that was that was a great part of the movie. Like, what are their stories, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what he is. Who is he, right? You and this young so-called lawyer have proven you know what they are. They're Africans. Congratulations. What you don't know, and as far as I can tell, haven't bothered in the least to discover is who they are. I loved that. Loved it. Yeah, that was fun to, to hear that from ornery old Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. you know, or yes. the character he was playing. Oh my God, yeah. His character was crazy. Fucking crazy. All right. <laughs> fucking crazy. Come out to my greenhouse, young man. <laughs> yeah. We don't speak the same yeah. language, but I want you to pet my flowers. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> they bonded over that African violet. Mm-hmm. So. They yeah. sure did. My mom yeah. always had an African violet. Really? Growing up. So, yeah. Did she yeah. keep it in a really weird glass dome? She did not. She kept it outside no. in the screen porch. So okay. Well, she she's not knighted, so you know. Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. The the 
critics and the audience are right uh, right there with each other, 78%, 79%. Um, a, a few criticisms that I read about the film kind of mischaracterized this case because this is based on a real incident. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The film mischaracterized this whole incident as a turning point for the, uh, the public perspective on slavery. It really wasn't, you know, like they're like, wow, everybody's going to change their minds, you know. Have they and, been to the South? Or they <laughs> or they did change their minds, you know, and it, and it just really wasn't a, a turning point. And there were also some other um, some, some other incidents that were similar, slave uprisings or, you know, oh, things. Oh, sure. And yeah. That were more. Uh, Influential. That were more impactful. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and they weren't mentioned in the movie, but of course the movie isn't about those things, you know? So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It jumps straight from this to, Oh my gosh, now we're in the civil war and, and it's all over. Right. 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 Um, no. Um, another thing I read was that Morgan's Morgan Freeman's character would have never existed as they portrayed him in 1841. You know, he was a, a, a black businessman, mm-hmm. an abolitionist. And they were like, no black man, no matter you know, what status he had would have been treated as an equal in the way that Morgan Freeman was. I completely thought that. I was like, that just seems off, right? It didn't, yeah. it didn't flow well for me. It didn't fit. Yeah. Mm-mm. Kind of a stand-in for uh, the free, a freed slave, you know, fighting for freedom for, sure. for others, sure. you know, so. Uh, another criticism is that there's a little bit of a white savior theme to the movie, which I mean, Hollywood wrote it. I don't know what they want. I mean, that's that's what you're yeah. gonna get. Well, and also, I, there weren't any any Africans or African Americans or slaves that had any power at the time. You know, so it's like on the one hand, yeah, is this about white people saving black people? But it's not. There were no black people that could have been that could have saved them. They were there, right? Right. Like, right. That option didn't exist, except for the people yeah. that, you know, killed all the white people aboard the boat. I mean, we got to give them credit, all right? Yeah. They, <laughs> right. they, they did their part, okay? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that's some of the background. Yeah, I read that uh, Matthew McConaughey's character was, um, was also, that you know, they took creative liberties with. Uh, mm. He was actually much older. He was in his 40s. Uh, he was oh. established, went on to be like a senator, and like like he was a somebody, right? He was not this okay. ambulance chaser off the streets. No. Yeah, the uh, the African prisoners, they called him a, a dung scraper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they didn't have a lot of confidence yes. in him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, that, maybe we need a dung scraper right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. Oh my god! Uh, well, well, Johnny, we're about to get into the meat of this thing. Let's do uh, it. But first, what are you drinking tonight? I believe this beverage has produced an emotional response. I have a pint in a pickled egg. And red wine is the worst for my sores. You think maybe you and I can brew up some juice? Oh, Mark, I'm so excited. Uh, you know, the office right here is just across from my favorite bar. Uh, go to the tap room and and I tell him, all right, guys, I need a drink because I'm going to go shoot a podcast on. Well, nope, I didn't lead with that. I take that back. 
I led with, I need a drink. Um, it needs to be themed, either something about boats or slavery. Um, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just looked at me like, what? I'm like, oh, I was shooting a podcast on Amistad, you know, 1997. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> one girl goes, and you've got the mustache as you're asking, this. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one girl goes, so something like box rat head or something, because there are rats aboard boats. <laughs> I was wow. like, okay, all right, I see where it's at. And um, <clears throat> then, uh, then my buddy Jeff goes, how about Devil's Harvest? And I'm like, that one, that's the one I want. I want Devil's Harvest. And that is how I'm going to refer to slave ships from now on. The Devil's Harvest. Yeah. So that's what I'm drinking. Devil's Harvest. Okay. Nice. Mark, what are you drinking, my man? I'm drinking a Mai Tai because we we went from Africa to Cuba. Yep. Yep. And uh, there you go. Drinking some drinking some rum in here. I love it. I I love Mm -hmm. it. Johnny, do you have a little synopsis for us? Or uh, I mean, I, I mean, I've got one prepared. If, if you, I, I can, you and Mark, I can wing it. But I, you know, you and I both know it's not going to be as good as yours, right? Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Just for entertainment's sake, I'm. I'll, I'll give you three sentences. All right, you ready for this? Okay, ready. All right, West Africa. People get abducted. They're boarded. Go on a ship. From this ship, they go to an island. Looks like Khaleesi lives there. Khaleesi doesn't live there. It's just where they store slaves. All right? Take them from that island to Cuba. Something happens. Switcheroo. Some kind of cup game, like a shell game going on there, right? These guys go to America. Along that route, they kill, you know, the sailors, right? Yeah. Somehow, they uh, they get aboard the shore. Uh, a guy on a wooden bicycle sees them, and, and I can only guess... That that's where it all went downhill, right? <laughs> the, the guy on the bicycle ratted him out. I don't know. So this he whole was thing, the harbinger of bad things. Yeah. Yes, yes. God damn that guy. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, long story short, there's a uh, there's a trial. It starts to go their 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 way, and so what happens? The government gets involved. All right, throws somebody else in. All right, starts mm-hmm. to go their way. What happens? The government gets involved, all right? And finally, mm-hmm. it goes their way again. And uh, then there was the Civil War. There it is. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Summed it up. Mark, your turn. <laughs> Beat that. <laughs> so my synopsis in, in just mentions that they were briefly pirates. Uh, they were? I think, yes. Yeah. Good for you, Mark. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, it was cool because yeah they they took over the ship, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah they were pirates for for like six weeks or well no I don't know if it was that long no. but they were pirates yeah. for a little while they were they they noted yeah. at least six weeks yeah. yeah they ran out of food and water right they wore funny clothes uh, yeah 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 I feel like that yeah they, it was weird there for a hot second yeah yeah this is set in eighteen thirty nine eighteen forty. The movie is named after the ship that they were ultimately on, that they, they traveled on. La Amistad. Yep. The Amistad. Friendship. You're kidding. No. Friendship. God, Mary Posa. 
<laughs> Guys, if you don't know, Mariposa is uh, Spanish for butterfly, and I will never forget that. Like, I will be senile, soaking in my own soil, and I will say, Mariposa. Great high yeah. school story uh, from Mark. We'll let him tell that later, another time. Well, that's a teaser <laughs> right there, folks. Stick Hello. around. <laughs> Keep listening. So, yeah, the, the prisoners... And we're going to call them prisoners or the Africans or the, the Mendy mm-hmm. uh, because they're from the Mendy or they speak the Mendy language. They're, they're definitely, they're not slaves. You know, they, they were, they were captured in West Africa sure. and yep. sold into slavery. As you said, they went to, um, they called it a slave fortress. Yes. Where there was just this giant complex, a lot of commerce going on there, mm-hmm. trading guns and things for, uh, for slaves. And, they were congregating here, I think, in the Ivory Coast illegally because Ivory Coast was a British colony, right? Uh, and and um, slavery was was illegal in the British Empire. Mm-hmm. So the por- Portuguese purchased these prisoners, transported them to Cuba. They on a big slave ship. Yes. And then they, when they got there, they gave all of the the people. Spanish names, Bernardo and Paco and <laughs> yeah, uh, Pedro and yeah, to try to make it sound like they had been born in a, on a Cuban plantation because sure. um, I was reading after 1808, the constitution of the United States said you cannot import slaves from Africa. Uh, they have to be born on a plantation. Yeah, they have to be born a slave, right? Like, you can't. Right. There's no more abducting. We're not doing the abduction thing anymore, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they, there was this big, as you said, you said the shell cup game, you know. Yeah. They, they were trying to make it appear like these these Africans had been born and raised mm-hmm. in Cuba, and so everything was kosher. Um, but they, yeah, they, they arrive in, I think Connecticut is where it's set. I think it's Connecticut. Okay. Following you. Yep. And yeah, we see uh, the eighth president of the United States, Martin Van Buren. He's running for mm-hmm. re-election. And one of his advisors tries to bring this up to him. You know, that the, oh, there's these 44 Africans. Yeah. And that's a whole thing. And he says to his advisor, I'm trying to drink my brandy after a very long day. (laughs) When he said that, I I could just see you saying that to one of your kids. Like, (laughs) dude, I'm just, I'm just trying to drink a beer. Will you please? Dude, you have have no idea. Do you know how long it takes to put freaking Liam to bed? It takes at least 30 minutes. At least I'm in there six or seven times. Filling up his water, petting his head, I guess. I don't know. Reading him books, just in and out. So, yeah. God. Yeah. All yeah, that. So, I think that's yeah. that's the new line you need to you need to put out there. I'm trying <laughs> to drink my brandy after a very long day. If I said that, he would repeat it at school and I would get a call. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so you've got the American president. Involved, mm-hmm. and then we end up with the uh, prepubescent queen of Spain, <laughs> played by Anna Paquin. Man, why are they hating on her? All right, why are they hating on her? Well, it, 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 she was not, eleven years old. It's not her fault that her blood ha- has like God in it. All right, and therefore she is the queen. That's how it works, right? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not her fault, right? You're right. Uh, You're right. You know, Jesus was like seven when people started saying he was doing stuff. So I'm just saying, like she was kind of at eleven. She's struggling. She needs to catch up. Well, she was writing letters to the president saying slavery drives commerce or is the backbone of commerce in the new Somebody world. Somebody wrote that. Okay. When I was watching, she couldn't pronounce the words. Okay. <laughs> Somebody wrote that. <laughs> but at the end of the movie, they say that she tried throughout what, seven or eight? Sure. Uh, subsequent yeah. presidencies. She tried to like fight this. Uh, so she was well into old age before, you know, well, still bitching about this. What did she think she was going to get? Like, I don't know, man. Like, what what kind of restitution was she going for there? <laughs> I don't know. Like, Who knows? Fucking crazy. Maybe crazy. she wanted to hold on to slavery. Uh, hey, then she was talking to the wrong people then, all right? Yeah. She should have, just saying. So we end up with these prisoners, and mm-hmm. everybody wants a piece. Be- uh, Spain is saying they're our property. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I think, captain and first mate of the American naval ship that ended up yeah, bringing in assholes. Amistad. Yeah, they said, we have a salvage claim uh, for all the cargo. Uh, you know, we're talking about human mm-hmm. beings here. Yep. And so they wanted a piece. Um, the, you know, we said there was an uprising on the ship, but Ruiz and Montez were still alive. And they they were the men who purchased Yep. The prisoners as slaves in Cuba. Um, so they're saying these people are our property. Uh, yeah. So you had a bunch of different uh, competing claims. And then, of course, Van Buren is concerned about Spain, international interference. Sure. And the the South, there's a Southern senator who basically threatens to start a civil war if Van Buren yes. doesn't make this go away. Right. That was a very tense Tense dinner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got two guys who kind of, they're abolitionists. One is Morgan Freeman. Yep. But they, um, there are stand-ins for the abolitionist movement. Right. Cinque is, is our main guy, played by Jimon Hansu. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you were talking about McConaughey, Roger S. Baldwin. Or. You mentioned. Or. You, yeah. Bernard is how we're going to refer to him from now on. Okay. okay, just <laughs> all, right, all right, Bernard, <laughs> Chief Elf Bernard Baldwin. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I I liked his character because he had this like big hair, like big unruly hair. He had this like old timey accent that was just it was hard to pin down what what the accent was. He was just like old timey. <laughs> I'm a little confused by something. What are they worth to you? What? The case is much simpler than you think, Mr. Tavern. I mean, it's like anything, isn't it? Land, livestock, heirlooms, what have you. I'm right, aren't I? Yes. It was a weird character. I think it was a weird play for him, you know? I'm glad that he was uh, trying out different things. Mm. But uh, I feel like it was weird. I I feel like he was very overshadowed in this film. Really? Yeah. For me, he did not stick out to me at all. Nope. One of the things I liked about his performance was that he blended in. Mm, yeah. You know, God, I, th- I think my favorite, my favorite McConaughey part is where he's he's eating and he's talking to the two abolitionists yeah, yeah. about like taking on the case, 
And he's just, he's sucking meat off of the catfish <laughs> buns and going to town on some potatoes and just, I mean, he's like eating aggressively and it was really good. It was really good acting. I, yeah. Uh, but he is in the movie quite a bit. I mean, he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the attorney that's representing these, these prisoners. Well, I mean, I feel like most of the movie is him and Sinke, right? Like, like that's it. Yeah. Um, two very good choices. Yeah, even though Anthony Hopkins got the the nomination for the Academy Award, I mean, I was kind of pissed when I read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the last fifth, and there mm-hmm. were little teasers of him in the first half or something, you know. But like, he wasn't a big part. He was not. Uh, I no. did read, however, that uh, that uh, his closing arguments. There was a seven-page monologue that he mm-hmm. did in a, a single take. No way. Mm-hmm. Well, the real guy, John Quincy Adams, he his arguments in front of the Supreme Court lasted eight and a half hours. What? Eight and a half hours he argued in front of the Supreme Court. Well, no wonder he won. Those guys were just exhausted and wanted to go home. <laughs> That's what Diana said. <laughs> God. So fine, we'll give you what you want. <laughs> Free us. Free us. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, McConaughey's character, Baldwin, he he brings in a linguist, uh, a white linguist who's trying to learn the Mende uh, language. <laughs> uh, I I liked I liked the scenes with the linguist because he had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> I feel like I would have done a much better job. <laughs> Probably. He said they had to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you see the subtitles. The, the prisoners are going... These three guys are, are idiots. We're getting out of here. You know? And they walk away and McConaughey looks at the guy and goes, what did they say? He goes, ah, they said they had to go over there. Yeah. I mean, it's just, um, he had no idea what he's talking about. He said, I think, show me the map. Yeah. There were a few like funny moments. There were. There were know? some funny moments. Yeah. But you had to sprinkle it in there because yeah. that was, it was kind of, it wasn't a dark movie, but it was a heavy, heavy film. Uh, yeah. Like, like there were parts of it. I was like, oh, God, I can't believe I'm watching this. And it made me think back to high school when I watched it when I was 14 as a freshman. And mm. I'm like, what were these football coaches thinking making us watch <laughs> this? Like, were they aware of what was happening? They either had no idea what they were showing us. Or they were starting CRT before it was cool. All right. The Gainesville <laughs> football coaches. <laughs> like, Man. Yeah. When when Sinke tells his whole story, um, it was pretty graphic. And I, mean, I got sick to my stomach last night. Just. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. The, the drownings really got me. Just one after the other after the other. Mm. But yeah, they've got all these these people uh, just naked. They're all naked, mm-hmm. chained together, being pushed around. Yep. Um, as they're getting on the ship, one one of the guys just shoots one of the shoots yeah, one of them. Absolutely. And they're just picking random folks out of the crowd and start whipping the. I mean, just the blood yes. running down. You know, I'm sure they're doing this all for intimidation. Well, uh, but, intimidation and God. 
at some point, I mean, they're out to sea for so long, I bet it's just fucking entertainment. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, some of the crewmates were dancing and kissing. It's exactly where some my head was. Exactly. I was like, I mean, they, you know, they alluded to, to that, and I'm sure that there was no, yeah, I'm not right. even, yeah. Yeah. There was rape involved, but we Thank didn't you. see that. Yes. Yeah, we didn't we didn't see that luckily. God, and when the when the mother had the baby who wasn't chained to anybody. Yes. She was like, I can't live this way. I mean, you, know, you just she doesn't say anything, you just see it in her eyes and she just falls backwards overboard. Well, she can't live that way. She doesn't want the baby to live that way. I mean right. like this is this is much more peaceful. Um yeah. I mean, you have to think that I bet a lot of people felt that way, right? I'm sure Yeah. that that was not an isolated incident. God. And as you were saying, the, the people going off the ship, they... Yeah. Um, in in the, big, the big slave ship coming to Cuba, they ran out of food. Yep. Or running low on food. Mm-hmm. And so they just killed 50 human beings by stuffing a bag full of rocks, chaining 50 people together. And uh, it was like they weren't just pushing people off. I mean, in the filming, they are just they're naked human yeah. beings. Yep, being pulled and jerked, and they're sliding violently off of the side of the ship. I mean, yeah, the Dude. actors were ter. I mean, they were they may have been terrified for real, but I mean, I mean, it was just the yeah. despair, the fear. It came across really well on the screen. And I mean, I was sick to my stomach last night. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like it's important to keep that in mind. People need to be cognizant of that reality. It wasn't in the last year. I was talking to another person um, here, you know, around Atlanta, an educated person. And we engaged in a discussion that, you know, probably was untasteful. And, and I was talking about slavery. And I was like, yeah, and you know, you, people just killed slaves. He's like, no, people didn't do that. You weren't allowed to do that. And I'm like, who taught you your history? Yeah. No, these people were disposable. They were your property. Right. You could do whatever you wanted with them. He's like, no, no, that's not how it was. I'm like, who the fuck taught you your stuff? It's insane. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as awful as it was, you know, I'm glad they did put it on film. I wish that everyone did have to watch this uh, at some point in their life. Right. You know, these things shouldn't be forgotten. I mean, with the, you know, the the sex trafficking is a big topic nowadays, you know, but yep. it still kind of flies under the radar. Uh, and you think that uh, people, people don't do that to other people. No, they do. They do. They do. Yep. Yeah. Their own nieces and nephews and, God, you know, sometimes it's just awful. terrible. It, it really is. Yeah. Listeners, this is a fun show. We're having fun here. Come on. Stick with us. <laughs> <laughs> so here's something fun. The way that uh, Anthony Hopkins lit his cigar. Yes. Notice that. Notice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's walking around looking for his lighter, I assume, or, or some matches and he just gives up and Takes a big, like, kindling stick or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just sticks, sticks it in the, it in the fire. fireplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like a badass move. 
he he was a weird, weird character. Everything about him was weird. Yeah. He's he's just an old man, I think. You know? <laughs> just an old man. Plus he had been president and now he's in House of Representatives, you know. He was like he was yep. just riding out his, <laughs> his the end of end of his life. Yeah, so the first trial, it's in front of a jury, mm-hmm. and that's going too well for yeah. McConaughey and, and his camp and the prisoners. So I don't know how this happened, but they stopped the trial and I guess redid it with just in front of a judge that was handpicked by Van Buren. Right. Yeah. They um what they got that judge kicked out for some reason, right? They found a reason that he yeah. had to recuse himself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually very interested to hear your take on all of this. As um, an Esquire yourself, there were three separate court appearances here, you know? How, yeah. How did you see all that from your lawful eyes? I don't know. That's I, I probably should have looked at it a little bit deeper. I should have anticipated your question. But <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, even if the judge – I mean, they were there at the end of the trial, you know? Mm-hmm. They had all but won it, and then the judge has to recuse himself. Yep. Oh, yeah. And if that's the case, you the, the jury just doesn't just go away. You know, I mean, I don't know. Can't a judge you dismiss have, a jury? Can't he say, I'm going to do this? And, and I don't think so. No? I mean, I, I believe you, if you're saying it. I mean, not – I mean, I don't know for sure, but I mean, I, I don't think you can just – Say, oh, I got to recuse myself, and so this guy's going to come in, and he doesn't want to have a jury. I mean, that's that's not that's not how it's supposed to work. Yeah, but this is also the 1800s. Who's going to say anything, Mark? Okay. Yeah. Most yeah. of these people can't even fucking read. So. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the judge that's brought in, they think that they got a little little ammo on him because he's a closeted Catholic. Yeah. What a weird thing to bring up. Uh, I didn't realize that was such a bad thing. Uh, yeah, especially since most of the Supreme Court justices nowadays and over the past 50-some years or or beyond have all been Catholics. Yeah, it's absolutely. They finally added a Jewish one and they added a woman. Um, but otherwise, they've all been Catholics, you know, so. It's a strong um, voter base. I guess, yeah. But yeah, so he's a closet Catholic, but not too closeted. No, because he goes right to to mass, right, and right to church, and uh, well, his Catholic guilt got the got the best of him. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure did. So he he ends up ruling what what the first jury probably or likely would have mm-hmm. uh, determined, uh, just that the prisoners were from Africa and therefore they were free persons, and were not slaves, were not property that. You know, their liberty had been taken away from them, and so the insurrection and the the killings, the homicides that they committed, were justified. Sure, you know, and that actually raised a, an interesting question to me because I never considered it. Right, like at what point in time does one become a slave? Right, mm-hmm. like even at the end of the movie, I was like, wait a minute, were they slaves when they were they when they were captured, or were they slaves when they were sold into slavery? And I mean, I guess I should have known. I watched the whole film uh, that these guys were not slaves because they had not yet been sold into slavery, right? Well, I think they had been sold, right? Well, first they were they were sold to the people at the uh, the 
slave fortress. Mm-hmm. And then they were sold again in Cuba, you know, and then the, the folks in Cuba, the, the uh, Ruiz and Montez, they yeah. were going to resell them. Right. You know, so I guess they, I guess they became slaves when they went to the, the slave fortress. Right. But, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But under U.S. law, they weren't lawfully designated as slaves, right? Because they weren't born. Okay. I see. Yep. All right. There's your technicality right there. I got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what it came down to. And then McConaughey said it early on. It's like, the question is, were they born here or were they born there? And I think mm-hmm. the judge says the ultimate question of, of the case is, were they born in Africa? Since the answer to that fundamental question shall so heavily govern every determination of this court, I ask it again. Were they born in Africa? I believe they were. Yeah, that's what it all came down to. Damn. Uh, so yeah, he, he rules for the prisoners, but Van Buren is convinced to uh, take it up to the Supreme Court, right? Well, like you brought up earlier, yeah. Uh, awkward, uh, awkward family dinner. Uh, <laughs> okay, someone comes to dinner and says, in a thinly veiled threat, we will go ahead and start this Civil War thing right now if uh, this is how we think you're going to fall on this. So, now you know. The next thing. Kind of like my uncle. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, next thing we know, we're back to the Supreme Court. We're going on up. Yeah. Yeah, it's like my uncle right after September 11th, 2001. Mm. The first like extended family dinner we had, he said he believed that we should take all of our nukes and bomb all of the Middle East, just nuke it. And it was like, but there are just a lot of people that have nothing to do with this attack. And he's like, turn it into a parking lot. And I was like, okay, well, you're fucking crazy. Well, Mark, you, I feel like the obvious response to that would have been, who's going to park there? You just killed everybody. Are you going to drive your happy ass all the way over there to park there? Like, is that what's going to happen? Yeah, to get here? the oil, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, free gas. Shit. But yeah, when they get to the Supreme Court, it seems pretty locked that they're going to lose. Well, that's because what they say, seven out of the nine were slave owning Southerners. Seven of nine, tertiary adjunct of Unimatrix zero one. But you may call me seven of nine. That's right. I mean, yeah. What chance in hell did they have? And they've been courting John Quincy Adams this entire movie, trying to get him to join them. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You know, help with the case. And he, he finally acquiesces. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. argument. Uh, and that's, as, as you said, he, he lured Sinke into his... <laughs> his greenhouse. His greenhouse. <laughs> Come look at my violets, Sinke. <laughs> Come sniff my violets. Yeah. Damn it, John Quincy. Why are you so weird? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta send you another HR train. <laughs> uh, yeah, as I said, he, he apparently argued for eight and a half hours. But that's interesting. You said it was a seven page monologue. Did yep. it in one take? One take. One take. Wow. And apparently, up until that day, uh, Steven Spielberg had been calling him Tony. Like, I don't know who. Who in their right mind uh, addresses 
Anthony Hopkins as Tony, but uh, Spielberg did. But after he did that, he called him Sir Anthony the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, address <laughs> me properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they had uh, nine, as you said, nine justices at the time and uh, only one dissent. Jeez. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everybody else was in favor. They determined the same thing. Mm-hmm. These were these were Africans and not which not which slaves. they clearly were. Not one spoke a lick of Spanish. All right. Mm-mm. If uh, Montez had thought about what he was doing, he would have started teaching them to at least count in Spanish something something. Yeah, you're right. I mean, come on. If this is your plan, formulate this thing. All right. Yeah. Dig yeah, you deep. had six weeks to do it. Dig deep. Yeah, instead he just hid the manifest, which they ultimately found, which is the smoking yeah. gun. Yep. Which, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, we see the uh, the slave palace or whatever, uh, Lomboco, liberated and destroyed. Hell yes. Uh, I read in, in real life that happened like eight or nine years later. Wow. What a crazy time that like all these slaving slave pirates – like, knew where this place was, but the British Navy could never find it. Like, nope, don't know where it is. Can't help you. Yeah, I think I read that it was, like, inland, like, in a, uh, inland on a river. Really? I think. And, like, in the jungle, you know, so it was, yeah, not not super easy to, to mm-hmm. locate. But, but, yeah, they found it. There have been reports, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Uh, I I loved at the end. <clears throat> he was like, "What do you say?" I'm happy to say that you were right. This place does not exist. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throwing shade at the Secretary of State. Yeah. Asshole. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. This was. Uh, there were some some fun things in this movie, but it was mostly, as you said, pretty not necessarily dark, but deep. It was. It was. It was very deep. It was, yeah, um, a lot of a lot of blood, a lot of violence, a lot of nudity. I don't know yeah. what they were doing showing that to high school freshmen. I don't know what they were thinking. Again, circling back, someone was just watching football film. Did what? Didn't know what they were doing. Did you ever watch the Romeo and Juliet movie when you were in high school? Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. No. No, no, no. It's like a BBC version. No, I don't think and so. And there's like two 16-year-olds, and you get to see boobs. No way. a 16-year-old. Is that legal? Yeah. Well, just a year ago, I think, this has been – it's like forty a 40-year-old film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these actors have have sued, saying that they were exploited or, you know, whatever. Which, well, I mean, I got to say. <laughs> I mean – Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's nothing about that sounds right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so these, these Africans are let go. Just want to point out, Johnny, that slavery is still legal in America. Uh, Did you know? Yes. Dude, are you kidding? I watched that. It's uh, 13, right? It's the 13th Amendment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, great documentary on that. Hell yeah. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No. I Mark, I was I'm surprised. Blow your mind. No. <laughs> Dude, yes. Are you kidding? I think it's called the 13th documentary on Netflix about it. 
Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No slavery except as a punishment for crime. So. So somebody better tell my son. Okay. <laughs> Shit's <laughs> happening. Okay. Well, Shit's it just coming. feels like we went from we went from plantations to you know prisons, but. Well, and that's one of the cases that they made, right? In this documentary was, well, they weren't just going to stop. They had to find another way. So they started right. throwing people in jail, right? Right. Okay. Right. We'll, we'll find another way. Well, that's a little bit of wisdom uh, there, but did you find yourself a Makanachi? <laughs> I just want to meet new people and do cool things. I thought, man, that is about the best reason to go and do something there is in life, isn't it? Oh, Mark, uh, thank you. Um, um, I, Mark, I did not bring back any wisdom from this film uh, other than don't do slavery, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't, don't do slavery. How about you, Mark? Well, you know, we don't necessarily have to find wisdom. It could be a, a favorite line or moment or sure, character. Sure. So, so be be thinking there. Uh, I mm-hmm. think I've got two, and it's from the same scene. It's where McConaughey okay. is talking to the abolitionist, mm-hmm. eating eating the dinner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it a few times today. Mm-hmm. That just that scene where he is just going to town, <laughs> sucking on those catfish bones, eating the potatoes. <laughs> I mean, he's going. Going at it, uh, which I thought was great acting, and and in that scene they're talking about uh, that one of the abolitionists says, you know, we can't take the easy way out with some bullshit, you know, property right. argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we have to take the moral high road, or we have to make that argument because that's going to serve the abolitionist movement. Um, and then he compares it to Christ. You know, Christ took the moral high road to prove a point. He died on the cross to make a statement. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. And McConaughey stops eating and goes, but Christ lost. (laughs) 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 No, he didn't, sir. And then, so he goes to Morgan Freeman and goes, you want to win, right? You know? Um, So he (laughs) said, so the line ends up being like, Christ lost. No. In order to do a better job than the attorney who represented the Son of God, I'll require two and a half dollars a day. Yes. <laughs> I think, so I think that was my favorite line from the movie. So that that's my McConaughey. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, cut this. But I started looking up lines. I wanted to have something good for you, and then I got distracted. Uh, <clears throat> my McConaughey, Mark. Uh, my favorite lines. From this movie. I, I'm going to go back to just, we were talking about it. The shade that the the British naval officer had as he was busting up that castle, the the uh, slavery fortress. All right? Yeah. He was just so smug as he was like, take a letter. <laughs> <laughs> Write this down. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck all y'all. Yeah. I was confused when he said, take a letter. I was like, are my wheel of fortune? Like, what <laughs> yeah. are you talking <laughs> Buying a vowel. I'll take an A. <laughs> yeah. 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 I like that. Good McConaughey. Oh, well, thanks, Mark. Thank you. Uh, well, Johnny, we need to review 
the film. Well, I guess first let's was he shirtless at all? Was McConaughey shirtless? Nope, nope. Always looking for it. I got like a third eye for these things. Yeah. Mm-mm. I'll say this. All right. He had those little reading glasses on. Yeah, we know. His name's fucking Bernard, Mark. We know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never took those off. And um, I think for a certain person, that would be titillating. So uh, The word you used was what? Titillating. Titillating. Ooh. Might uh, make your, your, your loins, uh, you know. I'm going to throw that into conversation with my wife tonight and see what she says. <laughs> Make your loins jingle a little bit, you know. Um, That's exactly how I'll so describe I, it. You make my loins, <laughs> my loins jingle a little bit. <laughs> You're very titillating. Uh, mm-hmm. No, so that was the only thing I could come up with. Uh, yeah, I think for a certain person at, at that time in history, maybe maybe the glasses. Uh, would do something. Hey, listen. I mean, yeah, a lot. A lot of people like that, like, like cute, like seductive, nerdy thing, right? So, mm-hmm. titillate on, Mark. Mm-hmm. Titillate on. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So he kept his shirt on the whole time, uh, but yes, yeah, so we need to review the film. Um, what 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 metric should we use today? Man, uh, I have a lot of ideas, but I'm not going to say them out loud because we'll get hate mail. So, uh, I think some other you know, good ones. You know, Sinke had, I think it was a lion's tooth or a oh, lion's claw. yeah. It, yeah, from yeah. the lion that he killed. Definitely a tooth. So it we, had to be a tooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we could do lion's teeth. Um, one of his fellow prisoners stole a Bible. He <laughs> 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 it was a picture Bible, so we could we could do picture Bibles. Oh my God, that was hilarious. So much about that was hilarious. <laughs> when he stole that Bible, like I was thinking to myself, that couldn't have been cheap. Like, like you don't just go buy Bibles like that anymore. I mean, like that guy, that's probably his one Bible. You took it. I, I probably a family Bible. I would have yeah. gone after his ass. I mean. Come on. He's just a slave, Mark. Okay? All right? He's not taking my fucking Bible. <laughs> well, he's one of the abolitionists, so well, he, like he felt felt like he had to just let the guy take it. I, I don't know. Maybe we should just make fun of him for having a picture Bible. Okay? This guy literally <laughs> read the entire New Testament through pictures. Okay? He's, yeah. Let me tell you the story of Christ. I can tell you everything he did. There's <laughs> a picture on every page. He was pretty close. <laughs> he was. He really was. <laughs> Uh, and then near the end, there inexplicably, there is a pig in McConaughey's office. What? Yeah. No, we did not watch the same film. What are you talking about? There was no pig in this film. <laughs> so McConaughey is with a client, and I think it's Morgan Freeman that comes in. Okay, yeah. And and McConaughey says, oh, hey, will you please excuse me? I need to talk yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you hear a pig squeal, and there's a pig sitting next to the client that had been sitting in the chair. Is very brief, yeah. So we could do office no, we, pigs. We could we could do office pigs, but I swear to God, you made that up. Like like no <laughs> listeners, that did not happen. In no way is there a pig anywhere, <laughs> anywhere. There's no bacon. Uh, okay, all right. We could do office pigs. Um, I still like I like lion's teeth, Mark. I don't know. Well, no, yeah. 
I don't know. Fuck it. We're doing office picks. I'm calling it. <laughs> I think lion's tooth is is the right choice. Okay. We can do pigs. We can I, do the pigs. No, no, you're right. You're right. We'll go down the narrow road. All right, the wide road is is office pigs, but the the, the narrow road, the right road. Yeah, okay. is lion's teeth. All right. Um. Uh. Can, can I go first, please? Uh, I want to give the film, the film overall, eight lion's teeth. Um, yeah, and and that may be because it again. So near and dear to my heart, uh, back in the very formative years when I was seeing seeing things I shouldn't see in that history class. Um, mm-hmm. As far as Matthew McConaughey's role, uh, I'm going to give him a six, uh, six lion's teeth. And you said he blended in, and that was the right thing for his character to do. But uh, yeah, this is not the uh, Matthew McConaughey blending in podcast. This is the Mastering <laughs> McConaughey podcast, and I expect him to be front and center. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's what Fair I got. Fair enough. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I think I'm going to go along with with you and and the critics and, and give the movie eight lines, Steve. Yeah. I think it's a solid Spielberg, solid 90s movie. You know, it feels like they don't make movies like like this anymore. No. Hell no. Are you kidding? I mean, everything's CGI, even the simplest movies, and things just look different. So just the way they made the movie, it's good. Solid movie. So it I is. give it eight it lion's is. teeth. For McConaughey, I'm going to give him eight lion's teeth. Ooh. And stuck in, in between the teeth, there's a little bit of that office pig, a little bit of bacon. <laughs> So I'm I'm gonna do like eight and a half. Cause I really did enjoy as I was watching last night, I I was thinking like he really is just blending in. He is even even I mean, if you're a person who has seen everything he's done before, which is probably really just a time to kill in Days and Confuse, you know, but if you've seen him in those movies, you have an idea of what he's what he's like. Right. But certainly for us, after his rom-com stage, and as you said, you want some uh, fun role, you know, I already have that in my mind. He's still blended in. Sure. And when he had times to shine, he really, he really did shine. Uh, So yeah, I'm going to give him eight and a half teeth. I'll take it. I'll take that, Mark. I've got a little journal entry, Johnny. If you want oh, to yeah, I do. Please tell me, Mark. That's the fun about journaling. There are no rules, all right? All right, all right, all right. Johnny, today's journal entry is from... Green Lights. Green Lights. I've never cared much for destinations. Give me a direction and a 16-lane highway with room to swerve and explore along the way. Like jazz, I prefer to see life as a river. So... I like that. Yeah. Yeah. When he filmed this movie, this was sort of at the beginning of his uh, road dog lifestyle. He was, he had an Airstream and he had a dog and they (laughs) just, they just drove around. And he said that he was taking meetings with people uh, for movies he would say, all right, well, I'm going to be in this town in two days, so fly there. I'll pick you up at the airport. And then no they would way. just drive for seven or eight hours and talk about 
the movie role or whatever, he dropped them off at another airport so they could fly back. Okay. Similar to uh, at the Supreme Court, I feel like if you just take someone hostage, then eventually they're going to do what you want them to do. So that's how we got his parts. Figured it out. I guess the, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Took people hostage. All right. Okay. I can get you to the airport in eight hours or eight days. Your choice. <laughs> <laughs> I really want this role. For real. Jesus. Well, Mark, can I talk about what we're watching next time? Yeah, we are taking a return to Richard Linklater. Linklater. Yeah. Newton Boys the, is the name of the film. All right. Mark, what is the Newton Boys? What is this? Never heard of it. Talk to me. I, I watched it recently. It's um, it's some some bank robbers. Oh, and no it's shit. more lighthearted. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we're going yeah. from uh, a massacre on a slave ship to uh, bank robbers. You know, lighthearted yeah. film. Yeah. We needed that. Let's let's take that little turn. Okay. Yeah. 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 We need the palate cleanser. I'm into that. Give me yeah. some cheese. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, Johnny, we need to thank our listeners. We we enjoy making this podcast yeah. for ourselves, but you know we like that we have some people that listen and enjoy it as well. Appreciate that. Yeah, I want to thank Elizna for our theme song. Hey, Aqualung, follow us on Instagram at Mastering M Pod. I'm pushing out a lot of new content. If you want to come see the the mess that I'm coming up with, uh, f- give us a follow, Mastering M Pod. Send your adulations, corrections, and hate mail to MasteringMPod at gmail.com. If you send me a good email, we'll read it on the pod. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Listen to Johnny's other podcast if you're interested in becoming a real estate agent or upping your game as a real estate agent. The name of that podcast is The Modern Real Estate Agents. We've got a link to that in the episode description. We also have a link to my guest appearance on the podcast Casual Nonsense. I was on the November 7th, 2023 episode, so check that out. You may also want to check out the episode from September 19th featuring Amanda Cusick from the 90-minute movie. Casual Nonsense is a podcast. It's mostly the host talking to and interviewing interesting people, but he also has movie reviews, NFL roundups, workout challenges. Uh, It's a great listen. I I recommend that you check it out. Again, we've got a link in the description. If you like this episode, subscribe, give us a review, Make it a five-star review, please, (laughs) you know, so that we can get out there. And we'll catch you next time as we discuss the palate cleanser, Newton Boys. Newton Boys. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. What's up, McConaughey's? Welcome to the Mastering McConaughey podcast, where we talk about. Let me try that again. I need the script. It's been too long. Please, please keep that in there. (laughs) (laughs) We talk about. Open your mouth. Of course, he doesn't understand what I'm saying because he doesn't speak English. Abra suboka. Doesn't he understand that? I thought he was born on a Cuban plantation. That's what they're all saying. Perhaps he simply just doesn't like you, Mr. Baldwin. Well, he wouldn't be the first, Mr. Halliburton.
Hey. Levanta te. Levanta te. Levanta te. Thank you. Your Honor, I speak more Spanish and I was born in Philadelphia. Your Honor, I'm...